Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Field Hockey Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina. Joining me once again, Sauhegan Field Hockey Coach and AD Kelly Braley. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm much better now that the weather is acting like it's supposed <laughs> to in yes. September. Yes, it's been fantastic couple the last couple of days like you know that that i'm actually questioning whether i should wear shorts to football games at night and do remembering to bring my my jacket with me like i i'm really liking this weather yeah this is this is this is what we're here for fall keep a flannel around your waist just in case you need it like this is this is where i thrive you know, it, it, it's I, I can't tell if this is a good thing or a bad thing that like my schedule is so dependent on like sometimes on like what else is going on with high school sports. But like the fact that so many games were getting moved around for about a stretch of 10 days there, uh, like it, it put my life like into a, into like turmoil. Like, what, I, what am I doing? My, today? Do I know where I'm my, going? My brain is still spinning. Like the athletic director side of me is like, I still have probably three games to reschedule, including my own field hockey game against dairy field. Like I still have, I got games all over the place. I still got to reschedule. Well, hopefully we can, uh, we can sort through some of that right now um, as we do this, but I want to remind you, of course you can send questions and feedback uh, by sending an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at NHHS sports. Uh, and the field hockey show is posted every Monday at nh-highschoolsports.com. And, uh, of course, on Spotify and Odyssey. Uh, so if you listen to your podcast normally on there, you can search Ninth State Sports Show. And and uh, this episode and, and uh, pretty much every other one that or I shouldn't say pretty much every other one literally that we've done uh, will be up there as well. Uh, and, and, of course, if you are going to the website, I had a chat with someone about this the other day. It is nh dash highschoolsports.com the dash is important uh it's in there just a, a fun quick story is when i when we went to set up the site many many years ago some company in texas had actually bought nhhighschoolsports.com and was trying to sell it to somebody to you know to whoever wanted it uh be, because we didn't want to do that we threw a dash in there uh and and hence nh-highschoolsports.com oh texas <laughs> I don't. Think, do do? I, I think it's available now, though, which is actually kind of funny. Huh. Well, maybe they didn't. Maybe they cut their losses. I, like. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I it was a long time ago. Uh, but anyway, let's. Uh, so before we we get into talking about any games or anything, I know we we started this last week, uh, and again, it's disclaimer. I guess it's a little you know a little tough to talk about the coaches' poll uh, on the podcast because you know when it's finally posted, I'd say in about six or seven hours it's already outdated because there'll be a new coaches poll posted monday afternoon but you know i think it's uh you know i think it's at least worth taking a quick look at uh especially considering you know what's been going on with with the two teams at the top there this past week you had Wyndham uh moving up to number one coming off their win uh, over exeter uh, a couple wednesdays ago and then dover at number two uh, you know, right now they are both six and zero in Division One, uh, and you know some similarities I think are starting to pop up between the two of them. You look at Dover. I guess the biggest difference though is just that maybe the the offensive output. Dover has scored a ton of goals, uh, but for both teams they've only given up one goal each, and that was in the very first game of the season. 
Yeah, I'm. I both have figured it out. I think opponent two is also uh, like their opponent list is also interesting. Wyndham has, I think, seen maybe a couple more heavy hitters in. You know, like as the season has fleshed out, like we can see who the big, the big heavy hitters are. But like BG, Exeter, Pinkerton, like Wyndham has seen all three of those. Um, you know, Dover's also seen BG. And then I think probably the next, you know, maybe big one would have been Londonderry, but they handily took care of them. Right. So um, I think Dover's about to hit some hit some big names in Winnicott, Pinkerton, Bedford, Exeter, um, and then I'm very I'm very excited for the last game of uh, both. Is it both Dover? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's the both last Dover last and Wyndham season is Dover Wyndham, which you know I know we've talked the last couple of weeks about like playoff predictions and stuff, but like the way things are right now, that could be a championship preview. I oh, that's one of those things, and 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 please forgive me, every other Division One team and coach, uh, but man, how much fun would it be to get to that game uh, and have both teams still be undefeated? going into that game, that game to determine, you know, who's the number because they're the last two undefeated teams in division one. Uh, that would be a lot of fun if, if they were what both 15 and zero going into that. I know, but the, the there's, a, there's a thing long about, way to go. Yeah. Long way to go. To right. That. The interesting thing too, though, was like, theoretically that could also end in a tie. I mean, you look at D2 last year. So Hegan and John Stark, both undefeated mm-hmm. technically, but they tied each other regular season. So then you go to strength of schedule for the tiebreaker. It's like well, it, it, wild. It, it, okay. Now I think we might be getting too carried away here, but I, I do want to add this in too. Um, it, it, I don't think that would work though in division one because everybody plays everybody. Uh, Cause you've got, you've got a 16 game schedule. There's 17 teams in the division. So their, their strength of schedule would be identical because they'd be undefeated against everybody else. So I, I, uh, You'd have to go to because then the next tiebreaker is wins against teams in the tournament, which they'd have they'd be the same. So I think it would come down to like home road wins, like who has more Correct. road wins, which is yeah, just crazy. Uh, yeah, but if you're both undefeated, then it's the same. Like this Dover, I mean, I'm again, let's disclaimer like big fat asterisks here. Like there's still a lot of field hockey to play, but. Absolutely. That could be that could be something that could be some unprecedented stuff right there, man. All right. So, yeah, let's uh, let's let's keep moving here. Uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) You know, Exeter, uh, you know, fell from the one spot to three. And then John Stark uh, actually go. I think it was last week's poll. They moved up from five to four. So they're the top D2 team in there at number four. And then you've got Winnicott and Pinkerton five, six. Kennett jumped. Uh, from ninth to seventh uh, last week, um, although I think I, I mean the basically the bottom four spots in the poll all season uh, has been like uh, just a, a you know on spin cycle. I think honestly, I think you know you guys Sauhegan have been the only team that's been consistently in there. Uh, Bedford is I think has been in a couple weeks too, but Kennett, you know they may go go down a little bit too, getting their uh, first loss of the season. And then uh, you know Bedford and Oyster River are in there as well. Uh, I was glad to see the see Oyster River move in there too. I think they've been playing well to start the year. Um, nice, uh, nice to get some recognition for them uh, for their start. 
Oh, definitely. And that's just going to help them continue to continue to grow and, and hope to hang on to that spot. But yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to not, it's hard to not recognize Kennett and Oyster River in, in D2. I mean, until this past week, which I know we'll get into later, Kennett was still also undefeated. So um, yeah. Uh, You know, so I, and I, we start there and I think it's kind of a a good way to transition into, to our our first, uh, you know, first D1 topic. Um, you know, because I, I had the opportunity to finally, you know, I've seen Wyndham earlier this year. Finally got the opportunity to see Dover the other day. I, I haven't uh, haven't done my poll yet for, for this week, uh, but uh, I've got a, a tough decision to make because I've been voting uh, Wyndham number one, Dover number two. And after seeing them both play now, uh, I don't know. I, I it's. It, 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 I might flip a coin. I, I mean, they're both both solid teams. Um, I was just I was really um, really impressed with the way Dover played Friday against BG. Uh, you know, some of their kids looked like um, you know they maybe uh, I guess there's maybe a little illness going through the team. You know, fighting through that, and they just um, you know they just work so well together and play so well at both ends of the field and and they get you know they're able to to transition from one to the other quickly there's a lot of times where you know you're watching them defensively and then the ball goes the other way and you kind of you're following the ball and then all of a sudden you know a, a number that was way back there on defense is all the way you know is in on the offense uh so just just that that you know fluidness that they have going from one end to the other i just it's it was fun to watch yeah, and I mean, also, I think it's important to note, like, BG was Dover's third away game on a five-road, like, five-road game stop. So, um, like, I, I like we're not playing professional sports here. This is high school <laughs> sports, right? Like, you go on a five-game road trip as, like, a professional team, and you're like, oh, it's a great time to bond and all this and all this. That's an absolute grind for these kids. And especially when you're talking about the heat that we've had, you're sitting on a bus for, and like their trips aren't close. Keene was first, then Londonderry, then BG. Like these are not close trips for Dover. So these girls are like sweating it out on the bus to get there. And then to get off the bus with that vigor and, and, and desire to play is it's impressive. They were, I think that Exeter game was supposed to be in between the Londonderry and BG games and then just as, at Dover. But of course, with the weather, like you said, right. just being a mess, that game got postponed. So yeah, they, they've got had five in a row, five road games in a row. And then, um, you know, six of seven, if you include their game uh, at Bedford coming up at the end of the month. But, you know, as we've said, the nice thing about that is then they have a whole lot of home games after that. Yeah. Uh, you know, but but the thing that kind of stood out for me and, and um, you know, watching them was, was, you know, they've been really good for a couple of years now. Uh, but they've always had kind of one or two or three, like, big players who kind of led the charge for them. Um, you know, I, I think back to watching them last year, and, and Audrey Carter was, was a lot of times when I saw them, you know, th- you know it kind of thing where she'd throw the team on her back and – you know, they would look for ways to set her up to try to win them games. This year, you know, she's just as good, or maybe even better. And uh, everyone else has raised their game up to her. 
uh, you know, and the two that stand out to me the most uh, from that game on Friday were Aaron Lynch and, and Ryland Gray, who Gray had the first goal of the game, and then uh, Lynch made a nice play to set up the second goal by uh, Gabby Anderson uh, in the 2 nothing win over BG. So it, just that you, you can see that they've, you know, they're a little bit more of a, a full, you know, talented team, uh, I think, this year than maybe a year ago. Those teams, those teams are terrifying too, right? Like you get a team, I mean, one or two studs on your team can certainly make things tricky, especially if they're like really good. Cause then they become really hard to shut down, but a well-rounded solid team scares me as a coach more than a team where I can be like, Hey, you know, shut this one girl down, you know, face guard or whatever you're going to do. Um, so it sounds like Dover is kind of trending in that direction more. Yeah, and then the the team that they played on Friday, Bishop Girton, um, I I got to see them Friday and Saturday uh, um, as they played back to back uh, with with two home games against Dover and Pinkerton, you know, and and here's where we get a little bit of the the interesting side of of you know who's gonna be who's you know where and who's gonna do what. You had you know BG beating Pinkerton, who the day before Pinkerton had beat Winnicott. Um, you know, earlier in the year, Pinkerton tied Bedford, and then Winnicott lost to Bedford last Saturday or um, yesterday. Um, so it's just it's like, you know, this team beat that team, and then that team went and beat that team, and it's it, it's. I feel like we're going to see a whole lot more of this as the season goes on, and it's sure going to make make it really hard to kind of guess who's going to finish where in the division. Yeah, and I think that's a huge like for so both Pinkerton and BG went back to back. Yeah. against two really good teams in Winnicott and Dover. So I I am – I would have loved to be in the locker room, I guess, or like post-game or whatever with both of those teams to see how the coaches handled handled both of those situations, right? Like um, Pinkerton comes out with a huge win over Winnicott at 3-2. They've got to be feeling great. But, you know, who knows how much gas in the tank they had left in order to play BG the next day. And maybe that's why it's a 2-1, you know, a 2-1 loss there. Um, you know, and the the inverse of that is BG loses to Dover 2-0. They get shut out for only the second time this season. You know, so did they come in with a little bit more fire for Pinkerton? Who knows? But I would have loved to be in, in either of those huddles at the end of the at the end of the previous game well you mentioned those two shutouts and that's worth worth you know pointing out that those came against Wyndham and Dover that that BG uh and then not only did they um or I shouldn't say that they held both of those teams to their lowest uh totals you know offensively this season so I, I think that's a good sign for for BG that they were right there in both of those losses and then, yeah, the game the game against Pinkerton um, Saturday, that one, they were up, you know, one nothing for most of the, or they scored early in the second quarter, were up one nothing for, you know, the second, third quarter. And then Pinkerton fights its way back and ties the game with, uh, with you know, about 12 and a half minutes left. Uh, and, you, you know, at that point, it, you could see it coming too. Like, it was just one of those they kept – pushing in and getting opportunities that just couldn't get through pushing in and then couldn't get. And then finally they got one to go on a corner and 30 seconds later, BG comes right back, um, puts a shot into the circle that goes by everyone and hits 
um, you know, the goalie. And instead of coming back out, it just kind of died in the circle and they, and BG was oh. able to score. Um, so, I mean, tough break for Pinkerton, uh, but a heads up play for, for BG that they were able to, you know, sometimes you give up that goal and it's, it's, you know, you, you start, you tend to sag back and, and maybe put your head down a little bit, but no, they turned around, came right back and retook the lead. Yeah. I tell teams all the time. And I think this is true in any sport. The hardest you have to play is immediately after you score a goal because the other team is coming and hungry and you know, they want to make that right quickly. And it sounds like they were able to do that. Uh, you know, is there, you know, I was going to say, are there any games this week coming up that you've kind of got your eye on, but I think there's a ton because this is that, yeah. uh, that rival rivalry week in uh division one, where we get a lot of games between, you know, teams that uh, have a lot of history against each other. Um, you know, and some of the bigger ones you've got, you know, I, they're not until the end of the week, either Friday or Saturday, but you got Londonderry at Pinkerton, uh, Exeter and Winniconnet are playing. Where is that one? That is at Exeter on Friday. Um, Wyndham and Salem, which is, you know, Salem's been another one of those teams that's hanging around with, with people, but just not enough to get it over the hump. So that could be an interesting game. Uh, you know, of course, North and South play each other on Monday as do Memorial and, and Central West, uh, which picked up its first win of the year this past, uh, on, on Saturday. Uh, so congrats to them. So yeah, just a lot of, of interesting games. And, and then when you have those rivalry games, sometimes you just never know what, uh, which way it goes, it, you know, you, you could get a, a bit of a surprise. Yeah, and they're coming at a weird time, too, because I think a few of them might have been reschedules, but now they're coming in, like, they're putting teams in three-game weeks that we weren't expecting to have. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, this is a it's, a, it's a big week. I mean, every week's a big week, let's be real, but this <laughs> is, <laughs> when you got rivalry weeks coming up, it's, it's a little extra big, but um, but yeah, I think a lot of teams this week, particularly, are going to play three three game weeks. Um, so we'll see. We'll see who still has gas in the tank on Friday. With with that third game, in some cases, being a, a Friday or Saturday against then against a a rival. Uh, yeah. So that's. Do you have enough uh, at the end of the week for those games? And I I want to mention too that Londonderry Pinkerton game. It's a it's a nine o'clock start Saturday at Pinkerton. And I, I believe, if I, I saw correctly, that they are um, they're having a fundraiser for the um, play for a purpose. If I'm if if I got that right. Oh, uh, that's yeah, that's uh, great. Yeah, so they'll be doing that at the game if you're if you're heading out for that one. Uh, certainly something to keep in mind. Uh, any other thoughts uh, on Division One? Before no, we I mean my on? the well, like I said in the beginning, the weather put my put my brain in a blender but you know we do we're at the point where we're we're approaching if not at the halfway point of the season so playoff predictions are coming yeah i know i've been i've been teasing this the last couple of weeks haven't i so i think this will finally be the week where um, yeah it's gotta happen where i put out the playoff picture um i i mean we're we're you know we got teams that are six games in now uh so that's that's close enough to to the midway point that uh it, it's got to be done <laughs> for sure uh, well, so uh, I think Division Two has gotten just as every bit interesting uh, as Division One has. I mean, 
you've got some, you know, just looking at the standings, they're just kind of, you know, you've got one undefeated team left in, in John Stark. You know, we mentioned Kennett with, um, you know, they, they they got their first loss of the year, not even to a team in, in the same division. They dropped a one nothing game against Berlin last week. Um, you know, you've got five other teams with one loss with Oyster River, Sauhegan, Portsmouth, but then also Merrimack, Merrimack Valley and Derryfield sitting at 2-1-2, and two, but they're behind some other teams that have two losses because of the, the points ratings. I, you know, and then there's still a couple teams that have only played like four games. Yeah, the, the I think the word for both D1 and D2 right now is parity, right? Like there's been a ton of parity, mostly in that like middle chunk of the division. Like the, the it hasn't settled yet, so you can't really see who's going to rise anyway, which makes for really exciting games every time you go to the field. Um, and then you couple that with the weather and the reschedules that still have to happen. Like, I think the, I think the top, I I, I think for Stark to be knocked out of the top seed is going to be, it's going to be a a task for anyone in the division. Um, but who is going to have that number two seed? I think is really still anybody's game. An interesting uh, week coming up here for for John Stark too. Uh, you know they go to Kennet on Monday, and then they're at Oyster River on Wednesday, and then they host Portsmouth on Saturday morning. And if you want to go out even further, the following Monday they host Merrimack Valley, who's been playing pretty well uh, at times this year. Although, um, you know they'd scored a bunch of goals earlier in the year, but looks like they've been having a little trouble scoring as of late but still that's a that's a tough stretch for for john stark uh to you know especially after i feel like early you know especially early in the year their games were very well spaced out and they went a while without playing a couple games yeah but i mean they're you know they're still a team who's only given up a goal so (laughs) um yeah it's it's really it's tough to say anything against them uh I'll be curious to see how the trip to Kennet goes. That's never an easy journey for a team to make because they're near no one. Um, And then to come back and follow it two days later at Oyster River, who I, I, that game Oyster River Stark is one I've got circled. I think, um, I think it's going to be interesting. Both, both kind of have, you know, what I view as like complete teams that can, that can play and make things tough. And, you know, the, the, the Bobcats certainly have a full team of returners coming, and Stark has the vast majority of their team returning too. So that's one I have circled on my calendar for this week. So, uh, yeah, Oyster River started out the year with that that two one loss to Kennett, and since then, five wins in a row. Uh, in in those five wins, they've scored thirty two goals. Uh, that that strikes me as a lot. <laughs> for sure, but I will also say Oyster River does not have it easy the second half of their schedule. No, it does get a little bit tougher. For sure. Stark, Valley, Pelham, who has been like Pelham, I think, is a is a team definitely worth talking about in D2. Um, Portsmouth, HB, and then they finish at Golfstown. Like, Oyster River is going to run the gauntlet, but as a coach, honestly, I'd rather my hardest games be at the end of the season so that I'm ramping up for playoffs. 
Uh, you know, speaking of uh, of yeah, you look at that that oyster that last Oyster River game. I think that's actually a Wednesday night at Goffstown. Uh, you just played a night game at Goffstown. You told us a little bit about the, uh, you know, the, the the ceremony that Goffstown was having. Um, you know, how did all that go? Obviously, you get the oh. one, the one nothing win uh, over Goffstown. You're gonna you're gonna make me cry, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I mean it was it was an amazing night. Like you know, field hockey aside, anytime you can honor a coach that has exemplified what I think the best coaches can do is an honor. And to be able to say I was coached by her and, you know, our opponent that night and Jess Brown had been coached by her is just like, it was such a special night. And then you get two teams showing up. Cause like, I certainly told my girls what the night was and what it meant. And I'm sure Jess did as well. Like to watch both of our teams compete for us and for coach Benton, even though they had never been coached by her was like, gosh, it was such an awesome night. Like absolute playoff atmosphere. This, like, I don't know if anybody's like looked at the Instagram from either Goffstown or Sohegan, uh-huh. but like the sunset that night <laughs> was like, it was a show all over the place. It was such a well-played game. Everything was beautiful. Emotions were high, but in the best of ways, and yeah, I mean, I can't say enough about the Goffstown defense after that game. Like, really, we we had a hard time. We had a hard time getting into their circle, and then once we were in, putting a ball in the net. I mean, I, Molly Breakus stood on her head, and the Goffstown defense made it very, very difficult to put balls in the net. I feel like uh, that's uh, becoming a normal state for her, standing on her head. Because uh, I feel like every time I see them, she is, she has stretches, uh, you know, some longer than others, where she's just all over the place, making making plays, making saves for them. Yeah, I'm I'm not surprised. I mean, she's she's worked tirelessly to get to the point that she's at, um, and she has great great pride in what she does and great pride in her school. And I mean, yeah, Jess, I will always love and admire and respect for a wide variety of reasons. So I know that her team and her defense for sure are, are fighting for her. Yeah. And you're those, I did see those pictures uh, that you were mentioning and the, yeah, there were some great, uh, great photos, I think around the state of that sunset Friday night. That was, uh, you know what, that almost makes up for what happened the previous Friday night uh, with, with the storms that came through and all of the crazy cancellations because of the, the lightning and thunder. It's uh Almost made up for it, but yeah, it was. I was uh, almost surreal. Uh, I think. Yeah. Oh, it was. It was. It was a great night. Like I, I couldn't have scripted it. I couldn't have scripted it better. So, uh, Goffstown does have an interesting game coming up Monday afternoon. They get to come down to Hollis Brookline uh, for a uh, a four thirty start on Monday. That I'm I'm fingers crossed, hoping to get out to. Um, I think that's a, you know, one of those matchups um, that I think maybe you were, you were talking about when we started talking about D2 was, you know, which way is it going to go? And, and uh-huh. it could go a long way to determining some things by the end of the season. Oh, for sure. I think that one's going to have some big playoff implications because both teams, I think, are, I think are pretty evenly matched. Like if we're talking about between the 25s. 
Yeah. I think both teams are pretty evenly matched. Goffstown might have an advantage because they have a couple more, um, like a, a couple more players with a with a lot of finesse. Um, but Hollis has a ton of heart that cannot be denied, and they also have a few finesse players too. So I my my prediction is that the Goffstown HB game is going to be is going to be decided between the twenty fives because once you get into either team's defensive circle reagan klein has worked hard molly Brigg has worked hard like and they're all fighting for each other so uh whoever possesses i think the most between the 25s is who's going to come out with that win yeah, the the other game um that i kind of have an eye on this week too uh is is tuesday's game uh bow at pelham um you know again two teams that that we were talking about at the beginning of the year is they started off you know we thought they they would be improved Started off pretty hot. Bo was uh, won three of its first four, including that win over Portsmouth, and then uh, you know Pelham was uh, was four and one, you know, so won four of its first first five, with the only loss to Portsmouth. Uh, last couple games for both, um, a little bit rougher. Pelham was uh, had a, a one nothing loss and then a one one tie against Merrimack Valley last week, and then Bo uh, a five four loss at Hanover uh, last Tuesday. And then uh, a four-one loss to to John Stark uh, on Friday, um, or I think it was no, not Friday. Yeah, someday last week. Uh, I I can't remember These what day is what. Um, but so so two teams that kind of could really use a win, um, you know, after their their hot starts this year. Yeah, and um, that's going to be one like that'll be a. I imagine that being like a five, six, seven seed kind of game. Um, yeah, the the winner with, winner of that definitely, and then the loser could be in a, a really a tough spot. Yeah, yeah, depending on where you've got to go, right? Because once you once you hit that, once you hit the bottom, you know, eight and lower, you're gonna have a really tough pull in that first round. Yeah, um, well, the first two rounds to get by. But I mean, Pelham. If anybody underestimated Pelham, and quite frankly, I'll throw my hand up. Like I wasn't sure what Pelham was gonna have, but now. Pelham has me on notice. Like they can, they've made it tough for teams. Um, and you know, I mean, I, I, their goal differential, like you have to grind out a win against Pelham. They're not giving you, they're not giving you anything easy. I think at all of their loss, both of their losses have been one goal games. Their tie is a one, one, like, and even if you're going to get the win, like Conval and Hanover both had a one goal differential, like Pelham is going to make you work for it in general. Yeah, they so they've played four uh, one nothing games. They've won two and lost two, and then they and like you said, that one one tie. Um, so that's yeah. You, uh, of course, then they have two other games where they put up fourteen total. Um, but other like it sounds like or it seems like you're going to have to really. If you get a goal against Pelham, you're going to have to make it stand up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else uh, that you th you're thinking about with D2 this week uh, before we move mm -hmm. on to D3? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I guess we should probably start with the team we already mentioned uh, from D3, and that's Berlin with that uh, one nothing win over Kennett, and then they followed it up with a 3-2 uh, win over Newfound. Uh, handing Newfound its uh, first loss of the season. So really two huge back-to-back -back wins 
there for the uh, the Mountaineers. Uh, you know, you look at their earlier results; they'd had a, you know a couple big wins against some, you know, some some teams that are struggling this year. Uh, but they'd had a three-one loss to Muscoma and a one-nothing loss to Guilford, so it was kind of tough to gauge where, you know, where exactly was, uh, you know, Berlin in terms of, you know, the standings, I guess. Uh, but you yeah. know, those two wins last week are huge ones, and then they turn around and, and they've got to play Bishop Brady on Monday. Yeah, that one. I think that one's going to be a a real teller in where Berlin's going to going to land, right? Like. Have they hit their stride in these last two games? They're feeling themselves and then can take on Brady at home. I think that that bodes well that their first meeting with Brady is in Berlin and not Concord. Um, so they don't have to travel for this one, you know, on a Monday, first day back of school, like all that stuff. Um, and then, you know, a break, not a break, but like White Mountains isn't, isn't so far for them to go and i think that that might be uh well and then they have the rest of the that's not until the end of the week so they've got the entire week to, right they, right you've yeah. got the break in the rest of the week and then you see white mountains before you see brady again and white mountains this is the thing i love about the d3 schedule is that they're that they've got four games left in this month and it's bishop brady white mountains at home and then it's at bishop brady at white mountains i just yeah, i don't know it's, it's, just, it's like, hilarious i love a home and home yeah over the span of two weeks, right? Um, but I mean, yeah, that's a that's a big stretch. And then they then they turn around after that second White Mountains game and play Kennett Newfound again, right? Uh, yeah, so so certainly a, a tough stretch uh, that that Berlin's already in. Of course, Bishop Brady uh, sitting at four and zero, getting a win over Hopkinton last week. Um, they've got a rematch with Guilford coming up. And a game with Newfound, uh, the first of two meetings with them, um, you know. So they'll be putting that uh, that undefeated record to the test, um, you know. But I, I guess another team that that um, you know catches your eye and and really uh, excited to see them, you know, putting some things together is is Kearsarge. You know, I think I think that was a team we talked about in the preseason that had uh, you know a bunch of kids returning you know, potentially getting back into the playoffs and, and maybe being a threat somewhere. But here they are now. They're, you know, 5-1 and one on the season. The only loss, uh, one nothing at Conant back uh, on August 31st. You know, so they've put a, together a nice stretch of wins there. Yeah, and their their goal differential is great too, right? Like they'll, they'll actually do a for real home-and-home home coming up soon, you know, hosting Stevens with a one nothing win and then having to go to Stevens. Um. That's not oh, until, wow. that's like, until that's, Saturday hits a 90. Yeah, that's break a there. huge break. Like I just I just know it's like, yeah. wow, math is hard, but that's a really big break. So, you know, you just play a team that you that you beat one nothing and you've got a whole week and a half basically to prepare to see them again. Um, you know, that's massive. But yeah, Kearsarge has Kearsarge has really put together a nice season for themselves. But the way kind of it's worked out too, right? Their first two wins were identical against Monadnock home and away. Um, the Conant, you know, the Conant game, who knows what happened there. Um, a one goal game is always a tough one. And then to give up two to win a scrum, but then have two shutouts going in. I think Steven might, Stevens might have their, their work cut out for them heading into it. Um, who should also be pretty hungry for a win. 
You know, I I like you know we we talked about this I think last week where where a lot of these teams play each other twice and they don't play everyone. Um, you know, it, I feel like just looking at some of the schedules and some of what's coming up is that a lot of the teams that we expect to be at the top are are playing each other. You know, we we just talked about a few games there. You know, looking ahead, you've also got you know uh, Mascoma's playing Newfound uh, later this week. Um, you know, Newport, uh, who looks like they've had a bunch of games postponed. Because if you look at their October, uh, you know, they're playing like four games in five days at one point. Uh, but, you know, they've got, you know, a couple of, of tough games coming up. Uh, it, you know, it just it, there's, it, you know, if unless anyone goes on, a, on quite a run here, um, you know, I feel like it's almost possible we could get into – the last couple of weeks and the number one seed is going to be a team that maybe has two or three losses, which is, I feel like is kind of unheard of in division three. Agreed. Like the, the parody for this season is, is there, I mean, Bishop Brady is the only undefeated team, I think, right. Bishop yeah. Brady is the only undefeated team left in the division. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they obviously have that to play for. And once you have that target on your back, every team's coming for you. So, you know, it's definitely not going to be not going to be easy for Brady. And I think this week, the next, oh boy, the next like five games coming up for Brady are going to be a real test for them. Well, looking forward to this because I like, I feel maybe, you know, again, because uh, of being all, all across the state and, and probably mo- I would assume that most of the teams in, the division are playing on grass. I can't really think off the top of my head of anybody that has turf in, in Division Three. Uh, St. Thomas, maybe. Yeah, well, St. Thomas. No, does. It, they don't play on the football field there. Oh, did they put turf in? Oh yeah, they did a couple of years ago. Oh snap! Maybe they do. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I mean, I mean, it just it feels like this is you know obviously it's taken a little bit longer to get into and really kind of you know learn about which teams are, are going to end up where or where they are now. Uh, you know, so it's nice to see that kind of taking shape a little bit. Really excited to see how it kind of plays out. For sure. I'm I'm also excited to see what you're going to put together for a playoff picture. Like, I want to know what's going on <laughs> in your brain, Joe. That might have to, uh, you know, given the given the state of some of these, maybe I have to figure out where uh, what's happened with a lot of these games that don't have results in here or, or – you know, if they've been rescheduled or, or have just disappeared off the schedule in some cases. Um, so that might be a little bit closer to the end of the week than I, I would like. But um, no, I, I think it'll be um, once it, once you get down and, and really look at it, it'll be maybe I don't I don't want to say not as interesting as you think, but but something that's a li- little easier to see, I guess. The picture will become clearer. How's that sound? That sounds great. That's why you get paid the big bucks. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i think on that note it might be time to wrap it up <laughs> only if we have sponsors is this a call for sponsorship again that should yeah if the, we yeah you know what i forgot to do that at the beginning but yeah absolutely let's get some sponsors if you like if you like what we're doing here um you know let us know and uh and and we'll sponsor your uh your business and um yeah well i don't know any any final thoughts kelly before we say goodbye for the week I just, I need this weather trend to keep going. No more reschedules. Everybody just play field hockey. Be safe. Have fun. Couldn't put it any better than my, uh, any better myself. 
All right. Well, I think that'll do it for this week. Uh, she's Kelly Braley, Sauhegan field hockey coach and AD. Kelly, thanks again for doing this. My pleasure, always. I am Joe Barnchelina. Uh, have a great week, and we will talk to you next week.